Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. What you're about to hear is an interview with Kiki Morris. Kiki was nice enough to join us, talk about everything that happened in Challenge Australia, talk about everything that we've seen in World Championship through Episode 5. She was a great guest, answered a lot of the burning questions that I'm sure everyone wants to hear. What you're about to hear, we pick up talking with Kiki about everyone that was on Challenge Australia and get into more details from there. Enjoy the show. know who was going to be on the show prior to so I was really relieved when I saw obviously Brittany Megan Mm -hmm. Kieran Conrad and and Jess because we've all been on The Bachelor together and I mean Australia is a small place in the concept of we once you're on a reality show in Australia you get kind of churned into the event kind of everyone goes to the same events we're all on the same PR list we all go to the same places at the same time and you become quite familiar with one another. So I was like, fantastic. I know people here, you know, we can kind of gel together because we weren't the athletes. I wasn't a world-class boxer. I've got no idea about any of the stuff about the show. So I didn't have that in common with Troy or Emily. All I had was in common with the girls was we all went on to a dating show, so to speak, and got publicly humiliated <laughs> by, by one guy giving out roses. So that's how we kind of made a connection and, and decided that we were going to make an alliance together. Yeah, so you guys didn't pre-plan beforehand. It just kind of fell into place naturally. Absolutely, yeah. So I guess now that now that you've been on both shows, you've been on uh, dating shows in Australia, you've been on the challenge. Kind of, mm-hmm. what was the what was the overall better experience? If if you had to pick one, and I know that may be tough, but w- what did you enjoy more? I, I obviously the challenge, absolutely, and I myself never would have thought that I would much prefer that because. Being on a dating show, all the girls are sitting around, we're gossiping, it's all glam, you do your cocktail parties, everything. But at the same time, it's very highly emotional. There's a lot of estrogen floating around. It was a little bit stagnant after a while. So, I mean, the fun aspect of the challenge is the competitive side of things. The almost feeling like you're back at school again, rough and tumble with the boys out in the schoolyard. It's kind of like everyone's, like, you know, the mums that are on the show, they're out there, they're warriors as well. Like, we all get to be who we want to be when it comes to the challenge. You can be as rough as you want. You can be as calculated and cunning and manipulative in your gameplay. It's kind of like if you, yeah, you get to kind of be your own alias, like your own supervillain if you want to be. It's it's amazing like that. I know that you said the uh, the first time that you played, it was kind of difficult for you to vote people in. And we're about to see you make a really tough decision uh, in episode six as we start that episode. Did that get any easier for you or was it still difficult every time you had to make that choice? I I don't know. See, watching the show back now, I'm like, I didn't ever speak at the nominations table. I was always like shaking. and I don't know what gets over me, but I become this very emotional person because I feel like I'm leading these people out to slaughter, like in a shooting, in a firing range type thing. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't say someone's name. But watching it back now, I'm like, the, the vets are absolutely savages. They throw each other under the bus. <laughs> They're telling each other what they don't like about each other. And I'm too afraid to even make a little, like a, a mouse sound out there. But I think next time if I get invited back, I'm going to be a lot more confident with being having conviction, saying how I really feel and strategizing for my own game as opposed to letting someone lead me because I'm just a piece of driftwood in this giant challenge ocean at the moment, as you can see. I don't know what's, what's up, what's down, whether I'm coming or going. I'm letting 
Grant and Emily tell me what I need to be doing. And them, they're, they're both snakes. I can now see how much they manipulated me. So I think if I get the opportunity again, I'm going to be a lot stronger. I'm going to have a lot more um, strategy and I'm going to definitely have a lot more guts and balls to say someone's name because right now I look like an absolute pussy. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we, we, we saw that in episode five. We, we heard Grant call you an airhead um, and we heard him yeah. kind of referring to you in not the fondest of tones. Did you know that was going on or when you saw the episode, is that the first you heard of it? No, I think that, but the funny thing is, Again, with or without me even really being conscious of it, the airhead thing is somewhat of my gameplay strategy because I am this bubbly, I'm going to cook everyone some food and let's do this and gossip and make up for the girls and lending all the girls my clothes. That's an aspect of my personality that I play up to a lot and I did it again in the Australian Challenge. No one saw me coming. Um, and I think that Grant should have known better because although I may come across as an airhead, I'm actually quite an intelligent person and I do have an emotional intelligence and social intelligence that I can work the room just as well as anyone and I mean I'm glad I still have him filled too because I mean if, I, if I'm an airhead he ain't the sharpest tool in the shed either that's all I gotta say well, you ended up elimination four times in our Australian season and you you were in one I think so it seemed like you knew what you were doing around the house there um it's funny too because so on the Australian challenge you had that back injury in the middle of the season that seemed like it persisted throughout because you're kind of like mm -hmm. leaning then to make people think you weren't that much of a threat going into the end of the game or was it that serious of an issue no it was that serious of an issue and this is how much i think people are good-hearted like i am i shouldn't have been harping on like i'm in so much pain because then i became a target but i think that in my own mind i would never play on someone's weakness but there's a hmm. lot of people that will and i think i've had to really learn quite quickly to keep my cards a lot closer to my chest because I believe everyone's good-hearted and wants to play fair, but these people do not and will go for the throw at any opportunity. And I need to be a lot smarter now. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's funny. Oh, go ahead, Devin. So at this point through episode four, we can see that, or episode five, I guess, we're, we're flying through the season. What is your relationship with Emily like? Um, did you know, I guess, at this mm -hmm. point in time that she threw your name out for the first vote? Did you know that she had this close of tie with the U.S. and Sarah and some of the other people in the house? So I knew that she had this, this tie with Sarah, but she was always leading me to believe I was a part of it. And I was like, cool, we're a part of it. We're a team. Just let me know what I need to do. And I didn't think anything more of that, again, because I'm naive. I'm very trusting of people. But Emily and I had somewhat of a beef from the Australian Challenge. I mean, her and I got along fantastically. However, she had a bit of a grudge with the two girls that were in my alliance. And obviously I stood up for my alliance as opposed to her alliance. And then the cracks kind of formed. And after that, um, I didn't realize she was holding so much grudge. When I saw her at the World Championship, we were all buddy-buddy and, hey, Team Australia. But behind closed doors, she obviously was still feeling a little bit begrudged because she had planned all along. She wanted me out as soon as she could get me out. And Troy, bless his heart, had been trying to warn me. And you see me, I think, in this last episode where I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like she orchestrated this whole thing. And then I think that's when the gloves come off for me. And I'm like, I'm gunning for her any opportunity I can get because I'd had enough. Yeah, in that same conversation where you talked about uh, Troy kind of telling you what was going on with uh, Emily in the first vote, you told Troy that Grant was also talking behind his back. Um, yeah. What was going on there? 
I think, again, this is also just me making an assumption, but because I don't actually have have facts, but a lot of the vets had come to us later on throughout the game and said, oh, great, we're saying this about Troy. He's the biggest yet. And if they really wanted to make a move, they should get rid of Troy as soon as they can. And then Emily was saying to the female vets, oh, you know, Kiki was a bully on my season and she was really, really horrible to me. And now she's trying to befriend me. Don't believe her. Don't trust her. And I had no idea this was going on. And as I think Kellyanne was one of the first people to tell me, but Kellyanne, so so straightforward and so honest, thank God, because it's things like that that you don't find out about, that people are bad-mouthing you and they're running your name through the dirt. They're trying to tarnish your reputation. And that can really affect your game. People can believe that. And if it comes from enough people, they can be like, Kiki's out of our alliance or Kiki and Jarell have got to go because blah, blah, blah. I think when Troy and I realised that our two team members were not technically aligned with us, they wanted us out so they had a bigger chance at getting to the final without us there, we then realised we've got to stick together and we've got to get rid of these two if we can. It doesn't seem like either house was the chillest environment so far. Between the two, between Australia and the Challenge World Championship, which one was more stressful to live in? Okay, so I think the Australian Challenge was more stressful to live in because it was like, everything was very current. All the drama that was happening was current. It was happening from yesterday or last week or this or that because we only just kind of knew each other from the Australian Challenge. But the drama that was kind of unfolding on the World Championship, this is you know, backstories from two, three years ago with people that I don't even know. I'd never watched the show. I'm like, who the bananas and who, what? I don't care. <laughs> I was just done baking and making cookies. So for me, it wasn't as stressful because I just let them do their drama and focused on myself. But the Australian one was, I felt like I was in a lot of the drama. I mean, Cyrell was gunning for me. You know, Kieran was on the show and he was in a bit of strife himself. So because of my previous connection with him on Bachelor in Paradise, I was kind of, you know, aiding him during his personal trauma and stress that he was going through. So, I mean, I felt like the World Championship drama-wise was a bit of a holiday for me. But physically, the competition was a lot more difficult than the Australian uh, daily challenges. So if you didn't yeah, have uh, a lot of the background about people coming into this season, how did you end up choosing Darrell as your partner? I guess, what was the thought process that went into that? And how did you make yeah. that decision? So the first, after the, what was, what did we call it? The qualifier, which was fucking horrible. The qualifier after drinking the two pints and eating the biscuits and running around and around. I mean, that ma they made that look like a walk in the park, I have to say, to the editing team. It was about eight hours of that of the qualifying challenge. And it was stressful. And then after that, we had to then go socialize in the house with the vets, smelling like vomit, looking like shit, exhausted, jet lag still. And I sat down and was talking to Darrell and I found that he had a really calming energy. He was not really had any drama with anyone from previous seasons. He's a personal trainer, which means he's very motivating. He's a husband and a father, which means he's really patient. You need to have both of those things if you're going to be partnered with me. And he also loves red wine. So I was like, bang, that's my partner. He's the guy. Look no uh, further. <laughs> yeah, I remember you mentioned on Australia that you prefer a partner who can take a bit more of the reins in a paired event. You don't want yeah. someone who's going to lay back, lay back a lot. And I feel like Darrell is pretty good in that he definitely stays out of the drama in the house. He's very quiet. He doesn't have the beef with other people in the house like some of these other people do. Yeah. He is, has shown to be a very good partner in the past where he's very good at uh, leading. So it seems like that was probably a pretty good decision. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, I say that I want a good leader, but at the same time, and I somehow think that I'm a submissive person and then I know that I'm actually really quite pushy and strong when I need to be. So without saying that, like Darrell's a great leader, but there are times, in, you know, leading into the next few episodes that you'll see that we will clash in things, which I love. It means he challenged, he challenged me and brought me out of my shell a lot as well. He didn't just bulldoze me into submission like we're seeing at the moment. Some of the other teams are experiencing with their partners. They've been told who they're voting for and that's it. If you don't do what I say, it's over. Whereas Darrell let me also have my voice, which I really appreciated. Yeah, I think the most interesting so far this season has been, so whenever, when you see Sarah and Danny talk, a lot of times they've like framed it as legends versus MVPs. Like they've been like, oh, you're working with us with the legends and my thought process is we well, guys are paired together like danny's only going to go as far as tori is going to go and same thing vice versa yeah. right? so did you come in with a bit more of a united mindset with your partner or were you thinking the same way they were no 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 so as far as i was concerned as much as it's a country and it's a legend and an mvp i'm still running an individual race like we're not winning the prize money at the end of the team with australia or we're not going to do it as legends or mvps as soon as I teamed up with Darrell, that's my team. My loyalty lies only to my team and the other teams that we align ourselves with that have the same viewpoint on the competition and they want to fairly make it to the end without, you know, cutting too many people's, you know, game in half and cutting people off the knees type thing. So I think we, we will, you'll see how the alignments and um, things like that unfold I really wanted to steer clear of anyone that was doing kind of dirty deeds in the dark, which were the Australian team and some of the US team. I don't like that kind of style. So Darrell was my only person that I really trusted from pretty much the second that I got into the house. So through episode five, we saw Darrell talk about how he wanted to keep a low profile. He wanted to stay under the radar. And that's kind of what Darrell's... Um, overall sentiment has been through his time on the show. He doesn't want to make big moves. He doesn't make want to big make big waves. Were you kind of aligned with that? No. Is it something you agreed with him on or? Absolutely. I think that everyone can kind of play the game with respect and integrity for one another. And, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's ever going to say, yep, I've got your back and then throw someone into an elimination. Like if it's something I wouldn't feel comfortable doing to someone's face or behind their back in the real world, I'm not going to do it on a game for money. Cause that's just, for me, it means you're, your values are all out of whack. You're completely unbalanced. And, you know, if I can do that to someone on television in, in a game show, who's to say I couldn't do it to a friend or a loved one or a family member in the real world. That's just not how I play. So I think Darrell was the perfect partner for me because he sees the game the same way I do. I don't want to stab people in the back. I'm not going to, I guess, follow people off the edge of a cliff because, you know, a, a Tory or a Bananas or someone like that says so. So I think we played our game the way we, we, we really wanted to. And that was honesty and not ruffling too many feathers. And yeah. No, that's definitely, yeah. definitely <laughs> I just had to rethink that in my head just then. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were this is a kind of a random question that I think we had as we watched episode five, and we were hoping that you would be able to share some light on this. What was going mm -hmm. on with the point deductions for the smoothies? Because I think for a lot of people, uh, there were some questions there, and I guess, two, what was actually in the smoothies? Oh, okay. So, well, the, the previous, yeah, the one we just saw was the swinging around or flying around, flying around, which obviously Darrell and I won. The smoothie itself. When we approached it, it was like green slime 
that had flecks of like look like chili chunks of like garlic it smelled a bit fishy it was definitely some kind of a sea mossy kelpy type thing but it's also sitting in the direct sunlight it was horrible and it was so thick and heavy when you lifted the glass up it was moving at a snail's pace so it was like suctioned into (laughs) the cup so I think I drank it the fastest I mean TJ did say I've never seen someone drink that like a smoothie that quick before it was a lot better to drink than the ones at the qualifier um and it was yeah it was pretty bad it was horrible it was like the consistency of how can I explain it like cottage cheese um but slimy and trying to drink that like not just drinking sipping you had to actually like if you imagine a a snake trying to eat a giant rabbit you have to fully uh, like try and swallow it it was horrible yeah it seemed like they the garbage disposal at a restaurant down the street uh from what it looked like yeah that's right yeah and the point deduction was it was minus it was three points minus off your score if you didn't finish it oh sorry five points if you didn't finish it two points if you threw up so poor amber didn't finish it and she also threw it up so she lost sorry i lost an airpod so she lost seven points for her and troy Wes and Zara, obviously, we saw they just took a knee on the, on the, um, on the smoothie, didn't drink it at all. So they lost five. And then I think Theo and Sarah lost two points because Theo threw it up. But Troy was lucky that he caught, he caught back up with the tossing into the bin. Otherwise, they would have been the, the people in the bottom, not Wes and Zara. So, yeah, yeah. every email do the, doing the throwing for that mission, um, was that, did you guys just, did everybody just decide the same thing with that or did they give you a choice? Uh, we've got a choice, and I think I said to I think Jarrell actually said he wanted to do it. I'm not entirely sure what what made us make that decision, but I'm a really good accurate thrower, and I was probably one of the only people that was left handed. So for me, I was throwing from the top of so we had like a little mowed out spot where you were allowed to throw from. Because I was left handed, I was throwing from the top directly into him. So if I was throwing with my right hand, I'd be throwing against the wind. And we kind of devised a little plan and, and it worked perfectly. Yeah, it's really smart to notice that. Yeah. Did you, so did yeah. you play? the wind was working against so many people. Did you, uh, did you play um, any sports growing up? Uh, what, what does your athletic I, background look like? I think my athletic background is very varied. I mean, I was a tomboy in school and anything my brother did, I wanted to do as well. So I played cricket. I played soccer. I played softball I played basketball I played netball I did everything and I did everything pretty average but I was one of those people that would throw herself at every every sport she could so there's not a lot I'm afraid of I mean I would get every Saturday morning WWE Raw War is Raw would be on television and we would drag the spare mattress out into the lounge room and I'd get ragdolled around for about three hours so I mean I had a pretty colorful childhood to get me prepared for the challenge that's funny. Yeah, that's actually... Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. Go ahead, Rob. I was just gonna say that that's probably about the best partner you can have for this show because one thing with the challenges, they're gonna test on a wide variety of things, right? So making sure you dip yeah. your toe in these different sports is probably gonna be for the best. Yeah. You said, you said that before this mission that now that the game is getting more serious, you really wanted to win. Um, and we know that yeah. for a lot of competitors, uh winning these challenges isn't necessarily kind of the goal. You don't want to win the challenge and then get a big target on your back and then you have a center of attention in the house. 
was that kind of what was going on there with that comment? Um, or can you give us more insight there? Yeah, so I originally, I knew that obviously coming, having one of our aligned teams winning was always going to be the best thing because they do get the target on their back because they've got to throw someone into the elimination and you know that they're not going to put you in because they're your alliance. But at that point, I think Darrell and I knew that we needed to step up and try and do something because there had been some chatter around that um, if one of the other alliances had won, they were going to try and break up Team Australia. So we thought if we don't win, there's a big chance they're going to put two Australia teams in uh, into the elimination. So we had to go all, you know, balls to the wall to try and get that win because we had believed that the legends, um, the majority alliance of the legends, were going to try and swing it so two Australian teams would go into that elimination. Who, who to this point outside of Troy and Amber had you guys worked with the most? Obviously, Darrell has a bit of a relationship with Amber too, so it seems like that pair is kind of a natural ally. But outside of them, was there anybody else you'd really been working with? Um, I think I kind of aligned myself um, quite closely with Tristan and Kellyanne. Um, I mean, they were two people that I really trusted, so we took a lot of strategy with them. We didn't necessarily see ourselves as an alliance at this point, but at the same time, whatever things they would hear from their their respective teams, they would come back and tell us because I think we were trying to break up the Team USA kind of alliance that was going on with Jordan, Bananas and Wes. Um, so, yeah. Who were your, so you just mentioned Kellyanne. Uh, who were your closest friends in the house? Um, because up until this episode, we haven't really seen a lot of what you've been doing. And that's kind of the main reason why we yeah. were excited with to talk with you today. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really been on an episode up until I, I won one because I have kept a really low profile. And I I shared a room with Zara and Kaz. So they were I was really close with those two girls. I mean, the British and the Australians have got a pretty similar sense of humour and uh, Tristan as well, very close with him. Kellyanne and Amber, very close with them. And I think that because I wasn't doing a lot of strategy talk, I haven't yet really been seen on many of the episodes because... I just let Darrell do, you know, his thing and just tell me right before we need to put a name in what our plan was um, so that I could kind of stay in a safe position and not put a target on my back. Yeah, that's definitely um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, if anything bad ever happened, I'm like, oh, it was Darrell, it wasn't me. I didn't have anything to do with it. I just found out right now. So yeah, I could throw him into the fire if I had to. <laughs> um, between... And the World Championship, obviously you won Australia, so you, you did a very good job on that season. But was there any lessons you took away in terms of stuff you should train for coming into the World Championship, like puzzles or eating or anything? Puzzles and maths, I really should have trained more for. And I mean, I said that so for so long and then I still didn't do it. So, <laughs> I mean, I have got pretty good common sense. Like I'm a pretty good all-rounder when it comes to everything. But my only downfall is that the anxiety gets the better of me. And I think we've seen Darrell um, actually say in the chain game uh, episode that my anxious energy can kind of get the better of myself. Like I can like really overthink things. But for the most part, I think I'm a bit of an all-rounder, but definitely needed to work more on my lower back injury because I'm still dealing with that now. I've had to completely modify all of my, my workout routines. Because I've got a sciatic nerve damage and that's going to be something with me for life now. So I've had to readjust my life around that. Wow. Yeah. So are you doing like physical uh, physical therapy and stuff for that now? Or yeah. Is... Yeah. Dry needling is something that really helps. And I do a lot of stretching and I've changed a lot of my, my lower body exercises to accommodate to that. Because 
something as simple as walking up a steep incline quite quickly and not making sure my, my pelvis is, is square. I can pinch that nerve and it will go from the top of my neck all the way down to the back of my knee. And I mean, I'm 35, but needing to get up and get help, sorry, needing help to get on and off the toilet is not something I want to be doing at 35 years old. But when you pull that nerve, you can't even get up out of a chair. Like it's horrible. So you talk about how you prepared for Challenge Australia and what you wanted to do ideally coming into world championship. What, how did you prepare for world championship? What, what did, I guess you, what did you do to get ready for, for the season? <laughs> to be honest, I didn't do much. I think that if I <laughs> over-prepare myself, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I trained as always. I trained six days a week. My, my partner is a personal trainer and he is formidable. Like he will crack the whip. So we trained as normal. I was doing some running, but I was still nursing my back injury. I was doing physio. I've got my personal trainer in Australia who's incredible that was helping me through that injury as well. But I think I just thought it's in God's hands. I'm one of those people like, I don't think I ever studied for a test in school. I think I was just like, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to be like Rain Man. I'm going to know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> and it never worked like that. Um, but I think, yeah, if I over-prepare myself, I overthink things. And my, my overthinking is my own worst enemy. So I think I just wanted to kind of cruise through and kind of just test the waters when I got there. Very cool. Well, so when they've shown the World yeah. Championship to us, it's pretty much all been gameplay stuff in the house. Like all we really see is people strategizing and talking that way. Yeah. When you guys are actually there, what do you think the split is between doing stuff for the game and just doing stuff to hang around with your friends? Um, for me, the gameplay was probably 20%, 80% hanging out with my friends. Um, whenever someone would try and start up a strategy chat with me, I would be like that. I don't know if you know that meme of Homer Simpson just disappearing into the hedge. That would be me. I'd be like, oh, yep, I totally agree with you. Can I just get a glass of water? I'll be back in two minutes. And then I would just get out of there. Because mm -hmm. I thought, if anyone gets me into a strategy chat and trying to start an alliance with me and pick my brain about what my next move is, I start to panic and it's like a deer in the headlights and I'm like, I can't lie. I don't know where to look. So I would just excuse myself from any conversation that would have strategy involved in it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. What was, is there any really funny moment that's happened this season that you're surprised the editors didn't show? Um, we've definitely seen in seasons past, they've kind of shown more of that content where people are having fun in the house, they're joking around. What was, I guess, the funniest moment of the yeah. season that you feel like hasn't made air? I mean, there's been a lot of funny moments. I'm trying to put, so basically on one of the nights where we all get to kind of socialize and have a few drinks, because the house was so incredible, we had the games room down the bottom where you saw the, the hall of legends where all the photos that we kind of do deliberations in. But there was like a bar and a pool table and a poker table. And one of those nights we all, when it was more or less everyone was still there, Wes taught me how to play poker. And we had this huge poker tournament that went on for like seven hours. I mean, I know they can't show that on TV, but I had never played poker before. And after seven hours of playing, I won the pot and beat everyone wow. in the house. <laughs> and it was like, how the fuck did she do that? I fluked every hand I played and I ended up beating everyone. And that was uh, such a highlight for me because no one expected it. And then they were all like, Kiki's really someone we need to keep an eye on. She's going to rob us of all our money and she's going to take out the win. That's funny. Yeah, you almost don't want to yeah, win that great. that uh the poker tournament, right? It's a <laughs> yeah. red flag for people. They all thought they all thought that I was like I was bluffing them and I knew how to play. And I'm like, I've never played before. 
But because we had so much free time on our hands, it was also a um, a chessboard. So Troy taught Kaz to play chess. And um, a lot of the time we'd be sitting around watching Kaz playing people at chess. And she ended up beating a lot of people that were, you know, considered quite good chess players. So it's the little things that you do to keep yourself entertained. And I mean, it was a really good time. We made some really good friend, friendships in there for sure. Is there anyone in the house that you still keep pretty close touch with now that the game's over that uh, you feel like your friendships kind of last at the game? Absolutely. I mean, Troy and I touch base every episode. Um, and I mean, we've got a bond from Australian Challenge, but I speak to Kaz and Zara probably two or three times a week. Uh, that's the beauty of Instagram, I guess. And then obviously Tristan as well. I kind of check in with him once a week or we kind of, you know, back, back and forth chitter chatter. Um, and even though Nathan was only there for a short time, I still touch base with Nathan. Kellyanne and I chat from time to time. Amber and I chat from time to time. So, I mean, it's it's really lovely to see that, like, friendships can be formed in such high-stress environments when technically we're pitted against each other. But, you know, love prevails. And, I mean, I feel like I'm going to be friends with everyone for life in that aspect. That's great. Um, yeah. So... Going into episode six, we see that you're about to have to make a really tough decision. And we didn't know what the tiebreaker for who was going into elimination would be. I guess, one, what was the speculation in the house on what would happen there? And two, how did you feel when TJ told you that it was going to be up to you who was going to go into elimination? I think we speculated that it could be us, Darrell and I, were like, if they don't decide, he could say the winners go in, uh, which was a terrifying thought uh, because Zara is an absolute beast and she scares me. She's like <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. She's this sweet girl. As soon as she puts on, the, you know, the head, the helmet, the mouth guard, she's crazy. Um, and then we also weren't, we weren't really sure at all. So when they did, when TJ did say it was our decision, um, I actually start crying. So that's... <laughs> not really how you handle the power the power's in my hands and I'm like I'm going to tissue right now but um I mean yeah it was pretty it was pretty nerve-wracking because you don't want to put a target on your back and evidently when you have only two teams to pick for you're only going to piss off you know one team by throwing them in but now you've got a whole house of people to piss off and you don't know their secret alliances they've got going on behind closed doors yeah. Um. So one thing that was interesting to me too. Usually, when the cast would show up to elimination in previous seasons, everyone would be in their jerseys, like ready to compete. We see now that it's not just you and Drew. Everyone's just in their like going out clothes. It seems like basically. Yeah. So, so are they just changing in between then and they bring their clothes with them, or what is that? What is and like how long does it take them to do that? Then those eliminations must take forever. Yeah, it was crazy because, like I said, yeah, we used to just wear everyone wore our uniforms, and it was easy because you knew what you were wearing. Like for a girl like me, you don't give me too many options to work out what I'm going to wear for the night because I'm going to be all night getting ready. So, <laughs> But everyone packed, I think they packed their bag that night. Everyone had to pack their stuff uh, mm -hmm. just in case. So I think that was always kind of an, I'm, I'm trying to remember now. It's so hard because it was so long ago. But yes, everyone kind of had to just prepare themselves to know that they potentially could be going in. Yeah, you think they would have learned your lesson after you had to cut off your G-string and the Challenge Australia going up and you're going That out was there. literally one of the highlights of my life doing that because <laughs> the amount of people I've had message me and say, oh my God, feels like being a woman's hard work, being, you know, always going to be on point, always going to be groomed, wearing these ridiculously small pieces of underwear. I mean, every woman that watched that episode had a sigh of relief when they watched me take that G-string off because it's not easy being a girl 
riding 50 kilometers in thermals in a lace g-string yeah i can't say it was a lace g-string while riding a 50 kilometer before but it seems like it might be idea it was horrible yeah what was he and then suddenly enough sorry i'll interrupt you there as we were running from that checkpoint Brittany then said oh my god kiki i need you to rip my g-string off me so we were running almost like doing a baton relay but i was running behind her with my teeth trying to bite through the sides of her g-string to help her get it off because yeah underwear was just not working for us on that you day. didn't did you bite it off yeah i was help, trying to help break through the edges of her fabric on the, on the hips here so she could rip it off because yeah after running I think we ran about 18 kilometers cycled 50 kilometers and swam like two kilometers that day not to mention the ladder and the pulling and the um the barrels and stuff like it's yeah you better make sure you're wearing comfortable underwear guys it's a bloodbath out there and yeah, they wouldn't air bite her g-strength off that seems like it'd be like a height of the season uh in between the checkpoints there were no camera crew Really? So yeah, yeah. So between the checkpoints, there wasn't really a camera crew. Every now and then, a drone might fly over you, or the crew might zoom past on the back of a truck and quickly get some footage. But apart from that, it's just you and the road, just running. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, what was the? You mentioned that that was a difficult experience. What was the most difficult experience that you had um, between Australia and now? And I guess. Which show did you think was more difficult in general? Did you think that they really stepped it up for World Championship? Or do you feel like they were both on par with each other? I think the World Championship, there was a lot more riding on it. Because you know that in the Australian one, I'm like, I'd be going into a challenge thinking, this girl can't fucking run or she can't climb. Because we weren't all athletes. But being in the world, every single person that was there from the MVPs were there because they're notably really good challenges the legends are there because they're fucking badasses. So it was like every challenge I went into, I was second guessing myself if I was going to be last because you don't know the strengths of all these people. And I mean, the, the luxury of knowing I can run faster than Susan or I can run faster than so-and-so in Australia. I know these people have done so many challenges and ran finals that I was intimidated by them. So I think that's why the world was a lot harder. Well, Kiki, thanks for joining us. Um, no worries. Th those are all the questions that I have. Is there anything that you wanted to plug before we jump off? We'd love to have you promote anything that you wanted to. Uh, absolutely not. Just I hope that everyone's enjoying watching the program. And I hope that you get to see um, some thrills and some spills from me. And I start to show a little bit more on the show because, I mean, I do really throw myself into these challenges and I I think there's going to be some embarrassing things coming up ahead so show your love and support on my social media yeah I mean I think everyone's really enjoyed you on the show I think you've kind of been a Thanks. breath of fresh air on the season and <laughs> we can't wait to see what you make decision you make in episode six and absolutely like, yeah like you said we know it's been a tough decision for you um and we're all excited to see what happens so thank you for listening everyone, and we'll talk to you again soon <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye.